Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Tapalu, where we love basketball as much as Jeannie Buss loves Russell Westbrook. Isn't that right, Raj? Yes, uh, and I don't think Russell Westbrook will be on our Mount Rushmore's or our uh, top uh, our top player list um, anytime soon. But yeah, Jeannie Buss making the rounds, um, and we'll see. Yeah, the Lakers have had three television series about them premiere within the last six months or so one of them was fictionalized obviously winning time there Mm -hmm. was the magic johnson docuseries and then we're in the middle of the hulu lakers legacy series which is actually produced by the franchise itself so they have a little bit more control over what airs in it but in case you were thirsty for more lakers content which i mean (laughs) obviously you are if you're listening to this podcast genie bus gave a 40 minute interview with sam amick of the athletic and in it (laughs) <laughs> that's just some wild things honestly <laughs> obviously the major takeaway from this interview was that Jeannie originally called Russ the Lakers best player during the 21-22 season and then quickly walked that back to say that she meant the most consistent because he played in 78 games and he was available more often correct. than any other Laker which factually I would agree is correct Russell Westbrook <laughs> was available more often than any other Laker his production in those games being better than the people who were not available for every game is a debate that I think we've already addressed (laughs) on this podcast, honestly, in many other formats. But Raj, I'll have you take it away. You actually listened to the whole thing instead of just reading the transcript that Sam Amick provided on The Athletic. What stood out to you most from what Jeannie had to say? Yeah, so I definitely listened. And I think I figured out, Serena, I think I figured out why fans and people like us get so annoyed when we hear um anyone go out and talk so far Dobbin Ham, Jeannie Buss. I think because we're expecting some like sense of urgency, right? In yeah. their voice. Like we're expecting to I don't know if I use this football term like terminology correct, but like we're expecting them to be on like the two yard line, right? We're like <laughs> this trade is about to be done. And then you and then you hear the podcast and there's none of that. It's, you know, oh yeah, Russ was great for us last year. And she she says, Oh, I would have loved to see what it looked like healthy. You know, those type of things. That we're way saying, past that. That was like March of 2022. Okay. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. I do you agree with that? The I think that's the issue. It's that like you're listening for some sort of sense of urgency and you're never going to get that, right? Like Jeannie Buss cannot be like, yeah, Russ is in, you know, we're almost out of trade with Indiana or with the Knicks in Utah or mm-hmm. Darvin Ham can't come, Darvin Ham can't come out and be like, yeah, like I don't, not, I don't really envision Russ a part of this team. <laughs> like obviously that's stuff that we can't be heard, but I would rather just not hear anything. Like I, obviously Sam Emming and Jeannie Buss have a, obviously a great professional relationship. You could tell that they've, you know, done, you know, interviews back and forth in the past. I just, let's just wait till the team is the team. Like we're five weeks, four weeks <laughs> away from our first actual game. Like let's wait till then before. And I guess just promoting the show mostly, but still, of course, Sam Amick wasn't just going to let that go without asking about Russell Westbrook mm-hmm. and all the other, you know, things that relate to today. But do you agree with that? I think that's the most frustrating thing. We're looking for sense of urgency and we are not getting that at all. I think there's a bit of a difference between Darvin Ham expressing urgency and Jeannie Buss expressing urgency yeah. because I think back to three years ago when the Lakers hired Frank Vogel and it was before they had made the Anthony Davis trade. And Frank Vogel was very clear that he (laughs) was hired to coach a team that did not include Anthony Davis and talked a Mm -hmm. lot about how he was going to coach Lonzo Ball and Josh Hart (laughs) and Brandon Ingram. And it's just the only thing he could do as the coach is not, you know, possess personnel power for the Lakers franchise. So everything that Darvin Ham is saying about Russell Westbrook 
yeah, maybe it's a very transparent attempt to try to inflate his trade value or just endear himself to Russell Westbrook in the increasingly likely event that Russ is still a Laker. I get all that. I have no problem with Darvin Ham speaking as if mm-hmm. this is the final roster. That's totally fine. Genie, on the other hand, <laughs> first, first things first, is the only point of this 45-minute interview just so she can plug the Lakers legacy doc? Because think about where this interview is airing, right? It is on a subscription-based platform at The Athletic. Mm-hmm. People who are going here are already Laker NBA fans. They know about this Hulu doc. <laughs> is it really about the publicity? What is the purpose of Jeannie Buss taking the time for 45 minutes to talk to Sam Amick? What do you think? What's her goal here? I think it's her way of kind of speaking to the fans, uh, like trying to calm them down or, you know, like just try to speak to them and kind of give them uh, an understanding of what's going on. And also letting them know that, like, she doesn't have actual basketball power and decisions. Right. She was very clear in the interview that Rob Palinka is running basketball operations, which, mm-hmm. again, people like us and Laker fans who listen to this stuff. Why do we want to listen to this to hear what's going on with the team? Right. Like, yeah, yeah. the Hulu dog is great. But we, as you said, we know about that. And most NBA fans do know about that. Um, The reason you look at this is because what's going on with the actual team. So she was clear. Rob Palinka is running basketball situations. And again, we knew that three months ago, like we knew that four months ago. So I, I think that's the point of it. I'm just saying, Serena, we have like three weeks until the season starts. Like at that time, once the team is set, go and do your interviews. Go tell us why Russ <laughs> is still on the team. You know, go tell us like, you know, why this deal hasn't happened. Um, don't like Sam Amick, of course, asked, does Patrick Beverly connect to Russell Westbrook? And of course she said it doesn't. But like, again, I don't want <laughs> to hear question. that. It's a good question. It's a good question. 100% it's a good question. It's just like, why even open yourself up to that i guess but uh yeah we get a bunch more quotes and uh about you know how the team works how magic johnson and phil magic johnson and phil jackson are still that um, resonated involved. with me as well <laughs> the <laughs> fact was... that uh magic and uh phil jackson are involved the fact that kurt rambis and linda rambis are among her you know primary confidants when it comes to decision making that again we all knew all of that we have all gotten in the appropriate uproar mm-hmm. over all of that several times before <laughs> and yet that's like the lead of this interview that Jeannie Buss is saying like I don't make basketball decisions but here are all the people who I do consult for the decisions I do not make just so <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah and as she also mentioned David Stern as well which uh, I actually didn't know about that that was actually someone that she uh confided in as well but but yeah it's interesting to just like go through it and of course Sam asked a bunch of uh different questions as well she went and compared, you know, the Beverly Russell Westbrook partnership to Matt Barnes and uh, Kobe Bryant, which right, you know, right. which is quite a a, a former stretch. playoff antagonists who become friends, and I gotta say that's a stretch. Yeah, that's that's I'm not really connecting the dots there. Uh, Matt Barnes never injured Kobe. Uh, Matt Barnes mm-hmm. never went around and, uh, you know. I'm sorry, Kobe Bryant never went around and said that Matt Barnes is stinking up the plays. Uh, neither one of them ever said that the other one uh, tricked everyone and that they would make millions more dollars if like their name didn't come out of the other player's mouth. I realize I'm conflating a lot of the things that they've said about one another, but just suffice sure. to say, Russ and Pat Bev have said a lot of mean things about each other <laughs> back and forth for the last nine years ever since Patrick Beverly inadvertently, I don't know, however you want to play it, injured Russell Westbrook's meniscus in game two of the first round of the NBA playoffs. Like that's just a lot of bad blood. It's a lot of bad blood. Like I covered the Clippers for a good chunk of time. And every time Mm -hmm. played 
a team with Russell Westbrook, whether that was, you know, Clippers Rockets, which has its own amount of beef in and of itself with like the tunnels and all of that. Yeah. But, um, they hate each other. Like they're just every <laughs> time you watch them on the court, you can say that there are some people enjoy like professional respect for one another. I mean, sure. I'm sure Laker fans feel that way about like the San Antonio Spurs of like the 2000s, right? I never rooted for Tim Duncan. I wouldn't say that I liked watching Tim Duncan, but there was like professional respect, right? I don't sure. think there's any professional respect between those two guys. I think both of them feel that the other one is massively overrated, that they don't do anything that actually contributes to winning basketball, that they run their mouths more than actually play on the court, especially in the Russ Pat Bev direction. And I'm just not sure how you fit those two together on a basketball court. I mean, how is one trade not linked to the other? That is bogus. That is a complete bogus. Why does Jeannie Buss need to come out here and just flat out lie to our faces? Well, again, that's that's the point here. And again, like also big thing is that like I think Kobe kind of recruited Matt Barnes a little bit in that summer. And I don't Yeah, I Pat- guarantee you Russ did not recruit. No, Patrick I'm I'm hundred percent sure Russ had nothing to do with Patrick Beverly joining uh the roster. But yeah, like that's the question to me. Like, why does this need to come out now? And again, the dog I'm sure is great and uh, she wanted to promote that. But again, you open yourself up to these type of questions. And it's not like Jeannie Buss can come out and say, Yeah, Patrick Beverly's coming. That means Russ is gone. Like she can't, you know, she can't come out and say that. I just, you know, would like not to this hear would anything. This would be a great time for her to say, I don't make the basketball decisions. I don't know if one is related to the other. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, that that would have been a great time to say that. Yeah. Um, but again, like she said, Rob is running everything. But then when she was questioned about Magic Johnson and Phil, uh, Phil Jackson, she made it clear again, like they're just giving her information and she's actually running the team, which, you know, again, gives kind of uh, different dif- uh, differences in uh, opinions there. But yeah, it's just interesting to kind of look at the whole thing. I mean, the first few minutes are mostly about the doc and the history. But and when you get to the actual questions, and I think my favorite part, Sabrina, this was when she said the brothers are actually getting more influential. Like they're actually ri- oh, rising. Joey and Jesse, yeah. Joey and Jesse are actually rising in the franchise. Like that was the main thing I took. Like that was my like most enjoyable part of it. And she brought up scouting. She quickly said Alex Caruso and realized what she did. Because then it opened <laughs> Uh, so I'm not sure if that was included in the written part, but it's like, not included. In the oh, transcript, it's not. No. Okay, yeah. So, um, so uh, she says the sc- This was crediting her brothers, right, for finding an Alex Caruso, uh-huh. and of course Sam Amick, being a good, uh, good a good uh, journalist, uh, a good journalist as he would, he said, "Let's speak on Alex Caruso," and then she quickly said, "Uh, he's on another team," and then she quickly said, "No, let's speak about Austin Reeves." So she quickly uh, pivoted, moved, got it, pivoted to Austin Reeves, which is you know kind of what we did as well, right? We went from Caruso <laughs> and pivoted to Austin Reeves, so. Uh, yeah, I think it was uh, interesting for her to kind of speak on that and uh, talk about her brothers growing in the in the company. And I think that was the main thing I kind of took from it. Everything else I kind of knew and some stuff I just didn't want to hear. I didn't want to hear Jeannie Buss speak about Russell Westbrook. I think, you know, we've been talking about Russ since like February, since like <laughs> since about Russ being on another team. So uh, I think that was the crux of the interview, really. But yes, I don't know why she needs to go out and do this. Uh three weeks or four weeks before the season starts and before we know our team really. Yeah. I mean, I just don't think that she added anything of interest that Laker fans didn't know about. I mean, that part about her brothers, she said, you know, I'm not sure a lot of people know that I have two younger brothers. Like, no, no, they do. (laughs) Well aware of the fact that those brothers exist and their draft picks just keep getting taken away. All of the scouting work that they're trying to do. Like that is definitely something that is acknowledged (laughs) by the Laker fan base. Oh my God. The fact that she, 
inadvertently brought up Alex Caruso and then had to walk that back. Yeah. And make it Austin Reeves. God. <laughs> Poor Austin Reeves to forever have to live in the shadow of Alex Caruso. It's just a very high bar to have to live up to. It really is. I mean, <laughs> I guarantee you LeBron doesn't go into the locker room and call Austin goat. That's not happening. But yeah, again, I, I, I'm left with the idea that I don't know what the purpose of this interview was other than Ginny Buss trying to express some sort of transparency that like, hey, you know, we understand that Laker fans are frustrated. I'm also frustrated, but I'm going to talk to you about it because we're all in this together. Like that kind of seems to me to be the purpose of this interview, but she doesn't, as you said, she doesn't appear to express any urgency about how to fix it. Right. <laughs> And instead says some ridiculous things about the state of the roster. <laughs> so it's just not helping me sympathize with her position. Exactly. Yeah. And that's the whole point here is that like, why do this now? Why not? You know, wait, let's see what our team is and then come out and speak, um, you know, about the roster and the team. But right now, I think fans just you have fans like waiting patiently for a trade and you're hoping this gives some kind of insight in it. And of course, it's not. But um, yeah, I just I, I don't know what else to take, I guess, from this. Uh She's obviously going to continue to praise Russell Westbrook. What else like, are you going to do? He's still on the roster. He's still, you know, employed with the team. So I don't like. Does this mean anything you think her talking about Russ? Does that mean they're still kind of far in negotiations? Like that's the only place my brain goes. Like we're surrounded by this trade, uh, these trade talks all, you know, all day, these sources, these new sources that come out. And then this podcast comes out and you're trying to take something that can kind of connect. Um, does this mean anything to you about it? they're farther away they're closer to to a deal or does this not tell you anything i guess maybe genie bus was the one who told mark stein that they plan oh, on playing God. patrick beverly and russell westbrook <laughs> together and that they have texted one another and began a teammate relationship but now i again i don't really take anything of substance from this there's nothing new that we've learned from here um I mean the only thing that i found even remotely interesting was that genie bus said they looked forward to uh, watching LeBron as he approaches the all-time mm -hmm. scoring mark, which obviously is held by very famous Laker, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who right. hit that mark in the purple and gold. Uh, I wrote about this at Silverstone Roll today, actually, but every time LeBron has hit a milestone of note as a Laker, it's been a terrible game that's been overshadowed by something else. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, he passes Michael Jordan in scoring, they end up getting housed by the Nuggets and the major storyline is that Rajon Rondo is sitting in the crowd instead of on the bench like oh wow I do not remember that he hits, I remember him sitting in the crowd but right like that's what you remember from that game but yeah. not LeBron passing Michael no, I right don't. <laughs> uh, LeBron gets that 10k 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 club right the first player in NBA mm -hmm. history to hit that what do we remember from that game Anthony Davis said before the game that the Suns were lucky <laughs> to beat them in the playoffs and Devin Booker just clowns him at the end after they win by 29 right um, <laughs> He passes Michael, I'm sorry, he passes Carl Malone in scoring, and they end up blowing a double-digit lead to the Wizards in a game that Bradley Beal is not playing. So I got to say, I'm not looking forward to the day that LeBron breaks <laughs> Kareem's record. Not at all. I am not looking forward to what happens because I guarantee you it's going to be a bad Laker loss. That's just the pattern. But yeah, uh, I'm not seeing anything like real substantive out of Jeannie's interview here. I don't think that we should read anything into whether this means that Russell Westbrook trades are further along or not. Um, I think the clearest indication that they are looking to move Westbrook is the fact that Patrick Beverly is on the roster, right? Like there's an actual point guard in place in the event that Westbrook is no longer on the Lakers <laughs> and you don't have to worry about bringing a point guard back. That to me is the 
indicator that there is forward momentum. And unfortunately, like we're just, you know, waiting on their timeline for things to happen. <laughs> yeah. And like Patrick Beverly's like a good rotation player. Like I feel like that should have been the story. Instead, again, it's back to Rust because we still haven't moved the actual piece that we need to um on the board. But Patrick Beverly's good. And I feel like that, you know, should have got a little bit more shine. I would like Darvin Ham coming out talking about uh Patrick Beverly and maybe where, let Darvin Ham take some time off. You know, he doesn't need to be doing the rounds. It's August. It's okay. <laughs> It, do, do I remember correctly? When Vogel got hired, he only did our press conference, right? And then I think he did the subsequent interview that you do after the press conference with Spectrum. And I think he yeah. did one with the jump. But I don't remember, you know, Frank Vogel going around. He did not do the Darwin Ham media tour. That's for sure. Okay. Yeah. I was th- wondering if I remember that wrong, but I was pretty sure like there was not a bunch of, I'm going to have Lonzo coming off this screen. In like, Frank's I don't remember defense, that. there was a lot mm-hmm. of Magic Johnson media tour happening at the time. Yes. So I do remember, you know, it, it was in his best interest to just sit tight, wait for Anthony Davis to come along <laughs> and just do the work. Um, I don't I don't blame Darvin Ham one bit for wanting to talk. Sure. A bit. He's been a very long time to be a head coach. Right. This Absolutely. is his first job as a head coach. And part of the fun of that is, you know, being the most popular guy in the room. Right. Like everybody wants to talk to the new Lakers head coach. And maybe mm-hmm. that's an unknowing part of the job when you're in the middle of the season and things aren't going well. But now he's the fresh face who's going to bring new energy and excitement to this team. And this is the fun time, right? So if he wants to enjoy that part of it, <laughs> I'm all for it. <laughs> Before the games actually begin. Yeah, exactly. this is, <laughs> let, let the man have the... a good time, you know? And, and then Sam also asked, um, you know, Jeannie, like it's, would it be rough on, I, I don't remember the exact quote, but would it be kind of difficult on Darvin Ham to just like, are you worried about bringing Russell Westbrook in? And Jeannie said, that's part of the job of a coach, right? Is to have kind of, of tough situations. And you no, know, I think that's just tough. You talked about first time head coach and all the excitement. I, I would love Darvin Ham to have his actual team when the t- when training camp starts. I think it would be really a rough, awkward just strange situation to have Russell Westbrook still on the team when uh training camp starts. But yeah, the, she's giving the company line that they've given all summers where they've been consistent with that. I give them credit for that. They're, they're putting out there they're, that they will be comfortable bringing Russell Westbrook back. I don't think it gives you an ounce of leverage in any situation. <laughs> I think it's pretty pointless when everyone knows what you have to offer, but they seem pretty consistent with it. It's what we're going to hear. I feel, I fear until whenever training camp officially um, sets to begin. So I think more of these podcasts are going to come out. I think more of these interviews and more of these uh, Russell Westbrook, you know, texted Lonnie Walker the other day about he's excited to like, I think that stuff is going to come. That stuff is going to continue to come. I'm so glad they all have each other's numbers. (laughs) That's what I was wondering. Thank you for telling me that they work in the same place. I would expect them to have each other's cell phone numbers. Honestly, like this is the most excited I've had about retaining Russell Westbrook since, you know, last October, because the idea of him playing with Patrick Beverly is so oh. obnoxious that like I kind of want to see it. <laughs> just there's like a really morbid part of me that has just experienced so much like the way the Lakers sucked last year was not entertaining at all. Right. It was just no. bad basketball. But, like, there is a potential for some real fireworks to happen between Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook. And that intrigues me in the slightest. Like, I don't think that the Lakers have any more leverage. I think they actually have a little bit more leverage when it comes to Russell Westbrook now because they actually have a point guard and, like, they could just mm-hmm. sit the guy, you know? Yeah. Like, there are talks about just letting him, you know, go home, which 
you could not have done when Kendrick Nunn was your only option as, you know, the lead guard. So I think yeah, they it have a... mildly increases their leverage. Uh, but at the same time, like, you know, it, it still has to get done. Like, as much as I, you know, curiosity know. in me wants to see what this backcourt pairing would actually look like. Not enough would to actually call it curiosity? another I mean, Lakers no. season. <laughs> no, I definitely have zero curiosity of that. I do not want to see that. I was... So I don't remember this I mean, at all. I maybe, basically know how it's going to go, but I kind of want to see it. <laughs> so maybe it's just like I forgot because it was so painful. But like I was going back and watching Lonnie Walker stuff and he cooked us as most players did. But like Lonnie, Lonnie Walker, like had a pretty good game against us. Here was a lineup. And Sabrina, this is not garbage time. This is third quarter. We're down 11, but it's two minutes left. Here's the lineup okay. on the floor. Here's the lineup on the floor. OK, this is a Lakers lineup, by the way. I don't remember this, but Isaiah Thomas. Rajon Rondo. What month is this? This, uh, this is like November. I don't, I don't remember the exact month, but I mean, this is a lineup. I think we were still trying in some way, but Isaiah Thomas, Rajon Rondo, Russ with Carmelo at center and THT at power forward. No this, wonder they fired is... Frank Vogel. God. <laughs> Lonnie Walker is like cooking Isaiah Thomas and I feel kind of bad. I'm like, well, I'm, what is he supposed to do? But um, yeah, so no, I don't want to see a Russ Patrick Beverly lineup. I'm a, <laughs> I think uh, I've got enough wonky, uh, strange lineup. Patrick Beverly is a better shooter than anybody you just mentioned in that lineup. He's the best. No, he's the what? He's the what best shooter on this team right now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think he's the best catch and shoot shooter on the team right now. Yeah, he's probably the best catch and right? shooter. Yeah. What did Thomas Bryant shoot in his last healthy season? Yeah, he's up there. I think it's like 35%, yeah. I think. Um, but yeah, he's the best. Like Patrick Berry's a good get. It's sad. Well, for me, sad to, to lose Talon and Stanley Johnson. Um, Was it sad deal, to but... lose Talon after we just like buried him before he even left in our last podcast? And bury him. We slightly, you know, pushed him into the uh uh the lower role player status. We said he was like... never gonna be a good role player. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we were a little a little rough um on on that. But yeah, it's well I guess sir, let me ask you this because this is what it's not about Stanley Johnson or THT, right? Like that's fine. Stan Johnson's probably a replaceable player. Some people don't even he think was he's not good. employed by by an NBA team. Right. Like eight it's not. Ago. A, yeah. It's about like the like, because people have talked about cap space a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And so if you get cap space next summer, that means this year went very bad. Right. That means you want to release every player on the current team. So you have every penny. Right. This year went awful. If you don't, if you want to release everyone's cap hole to have cap space. My point isn't about Stanley Johnson. It's about like last season was terrible. It was awful. It was mm-hmm. a disgusting season. Was you there a good some... team in there? <laughs> Sadly, no. But but it would have been nice to get something from there. Like to me, the only thing we got from last season is Austin Reeves and a new coaching staff, which is fine. I mean, I think we would have probably got the new coaching staff anyway. I think Frank Vogel's um, seat was kind of already on the eject button uh, mm-hmm. along before that getting the one-year extension. But all we got was Austin Reeves, which means we go into this season again, just fully new with Russ Westbrook likely off the team. Like, Stanley Johnson wasn't great, but he was at least something we learned from last year. We gave him a ton of reps, Serena. We gave him the ball. We, <laughs> so you know what I mean? Like, he played... We put him in his first game and made him guard James Harden. <laughs> like, we put him in a bunch of situations, and he played next to AD, like, and LeBron. Like, he was one of the few players that did. 
Um, and we like use resources to kind of learn his game and we extended him and we're like, okay. And maybe Utah was just like, we need Stanley Johnson to make this deal done. I don't believe that, but maybe Utah was like, yeah, we need Stanley Johnson. And okay, fine. But like, that's my own thing with the, with giving up. It's not about Taylor or Stanley or it, it's about like it's every year continuity and like asset exactly. management. Right. I mean, Talon was the only player left from the title team other than LeBron and AD, which is ridiculous. <laughs> like, it's not like the Lakers won a fluky title. Like I know people talk about the bubbles. If it no. didn't really count, they were the number one seed for the entire regular All season. Year. LeBron James put up an MVP worthy campaign. Anthony Davis put up a defensive player of the year worthy campaign. Yeah. They didn't win those, but like they were right there. I mean, mm-hmm. this was a team that was dominant for 72 games before they even got to the bubble. And right. to think that, like, oh, we don't need anything <laughs> from that <laughs> team is wild. <laughs> like, so even, like, you look at the Warriors, right? And obviously this is an extreme example. But, like, Jordan Poole was playing G League games a year ago, right? Mm-hmm. And he the, was in the G League bubble. Exactly. And the Warriors were... A playing team they weren't you know a great team that steph i think and didn't Dre even didn't make play. the playoffs yeah. they didn't make right they lost to us i believe mm-hmm. but they learned like hey jordan Poole, we gave him a bunch of reps like he can play on a good team mm-hmm. uh wantas kind of anderson didn't play in the playoffs but like he can be a rotation player on a good team when we need it they learn your so- fingers rush <laughs> <laughs> we love to sign our former warriors champions yes, <laughs> yes <laughs> love we do. to sign them but so last year the only the only three players left from last year for us is gone is Austin Reeves, LeBron, and AD. LeBron and AD played twenty two games together. Oh, sorry, Kendrick Nunn. Yes, and technically Wayne we Gab- still have Wayne and Gabriel. Yeah, who I don't think will be on the roster because I think Cole Swider will get a spot. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, so none who didn't play last year. So I'm not mm-hmm. really including him. So it's really three players who played last year. That's nuts. And LeBron and Edi only played 22 games together, so that means that Austin Reeves is all you got from last season. You went through that whole, well, at least I went through that whole thing watching <laughs> and rewatching every game, and you get out with one player from that. I think that's tough. I think that's a tough thing from a franchise year to year process. I don't know. Does that make sense, or am I like? Taking I that- cannot believe that it's only three players from last year. That didn't even occur to me that we'd gone through so much turnover. Oh, we have Russell Westbrook. Damn it. <laughs> I'm assuming he's off the team, Serena. I'm, I'm assuming he's not here. Let's it's like something remains. <laughs> Some of the pain from that experience remains. You're still in the present. That's why. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> Fine. No, I, I agree with you. I I mean, dating back to like 2014, I was upset with the Lakers for consistently signing players to one year deals and just not putting themselves in position to get any value out of them, right? Like we saw with right. Malik Monk. You exactly take a chance on a player who hasn't proven himself but there's no way for you to get any value out of that deal right because if he is good he's not going to stay and then if he's not good then what was the point of it so i mean you can do this with older guys right like the clippers did this with nicholas batum and like that's worked out swimmingly for them because he was at a point in his career where he had just signed a 120 million dollar contract didn't really need to make any more money and was perfectly happy to come back for minimum because it was a good situation that's not what the lakers are doing right like there's no team options on any of these guys. The only guys who had the team options was Stanley Johnson, who's now on the Utah Jazz. Like, there's just no way for the franchise to actually benefit from any of the good deals they make. Like, we've talked before about the fact that they keep signing their second-round picks to two-year deals instead of, you know, multi-year contracts because they don't want to use cap space on them, which is absurd. Like, if you are going to identify that level of talent, just try to get something out of your investment. Exactly. Like, they're not 
putting themselves in position to benefit from any of the smart decisions they make, right? Yeah, I love that you brought up Malik Monk because I think he gets forgotten really quick because obviously he's not a star. He's not going to change your franchise, any of that. I said we gave Stanley Johnson reps. Whoa, what did oh, we do Oh, boy, got Malik some Monk? reps. <laughs> <laughs> Malik Monk and AD was a thing. It was not just a thing. It was a very successful thing. They nearly thing. beat the Clippers a couple times. <laughs> and Malik Monk had like one every four, like 20 points. But that's a player that you can invest in. Obviously, we don't have the resources because of what we did in the past to pay him. But I'm just saying like in a normal, regular franchise, that's a guy you definitely give a mid-size contract to. I think the Clippers gave Luke Kennard, what, like I think 13, 14 a year? I don't Something remember. Like they're, playing on, yeah. they're playing on a different level, obviously. The Clippers they got some money coming in. <laughs> but again, if you're not playing on that level, you need to hit on the margins. And mm-hmm. again, Malik Monk is on the margins. You, you, you got him in. He connected he's not perfect but i mean he can i'm not even sure if he can play on a playoff team honestly but right we'll never know now because now he's on the sacramento kings and to transition to buddy heel no but uh (laughs) but uh yeah like we gave malik monk a bunch of pick and roll with ad and we're like oh this is good he's young he's like 23 Mm -hmm. you know he fits like him and ad have nice chemistry he's a good law passer and then he's just gone for nothing that whole year of watching rewatching malik monk as we did um or as i did like you just uh, you just uh you lose all that um for now bring in lonnie walker and hope that he can kind of re- recreate some of that magic but again no options can't. on lonnie walker's deal like yeah if so if lonnie walker's well, good yeah. yeah he's gone too so and i mean the only player who had any continuity with the lakers was tht and he was traded for a guy who again i appreciate what patrick beverly could bring to the lakers this year but Mm-hmm. one-year deal right um and like you said the lakers have made very clear their uh intentions of using cap space so it doesn't really seem like they're going to be paying patrick beverly next off season when he's 35 years old right so not that i'm like advocating for the lakers to keep a point guard of that age but at the same time like sure. it'd be nice to just have someone who stayed on the lakers for longer than one calendar year and that the constant churning of role players i mean it's just it makes it seem like the Lakers don't value that part of the roster. They don't. <laughs> and as we talked about last week, like those guys are so important to winning. You cannot win right. without all of those pieces. And like those guys that we talked about all played on the Lakers for a really long time, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Robert Rory was here for like seven years. Same with Rick Fox. Lamar Odom was here from 2004 to 2011. Uh, Derek Fisher, 1996 intermittently until 2011, right? Like, those role players develop into who they are with time and none of them get any time on the Lakers, just no time whatsoever. (laughs) It's very frustrating. Um, And I don't know how we got into this discussion from Jeannie bus, but uh, that's one thing that she didn't talk about was just how, how much she enjoys welcoming in 13 new guys to the team every year. (laughs) Maybe that's part of it. She just, you know, just wants to add as many people as possible to the Laker family. Well, on your on your point about like they stay Lakers a long time. The people that hit in the playoffs were here for a few years, like Kuzma, mm-hmm. KCP. That wasn't his first year here. Alex Caruso, that was Kuzma, his first KCP, year here. Caruso. All had four years with the Lakers. Caruso, I think Rondo came the year before. Javale also came the year before. Yep. So like these are guys that were here, gained a little bit of continuity with you know with the team, with the players, and then you know they were able to hit the following season when you know things kind of fit. I just think like you know in one year deals, it's so tough to hit that magic every single time and yes the three-star build it's great if you can get it um we're seeing like in brooklyn and other places we don't like have three stars also that's kind of the problem <laughs> that's also that's also a big issue um another thing that you when... did not really address 
But again, even when you get three stars, right? Look at Brooklyn with the Nets, how quickly that just exploded. And then you're mm-hmm. left with, you know, uh, two stars who kind of beat up their own drum. But like, it's it, uh, it's a tough situation when you're um, when you're building that way and so much is just lean on them. And then you have to kind of reboot the team every time you trade for Ben. Like, it's it's a tough process. I would like to build something, Sabrina. I'd like us to build a little bit. You can't build a bunch, build a few things. And I think, you know, Stanley Johnson could have been something that he will now go to Utah and and try to flourish there i guess or he'll just be waived honestly like who knows if he has a future there and i'm, I'm not saying this out of disrespect to stanley johnson it's just he's sure. a little bit older on the developmental curve than you would expect no, sure a team like utah which is you know massively rebuilding to want yeah you know we'll see definitely. what happens there i just 100%. think it's more satisfying as a fan too to have people to latch on to right like 100 percent. yeah like i don't want to give the celtics any credit but like Imagine watching Jason Tatum in a summer league game and then watching him in a finals game. Like that's a that's a hell of I mean, of even a like thing. Marcus Smart, he's never been an all-star, but he's been your guy for seven years. That's pretty cool. Eight years, I think he was drafted in 2014. Like, exactly. They love him like nobody's business. And like I think they massively overrate him, but that's great. Like that's what fan bases are supposed to do for their guys. We just we don't have any guys. <laughs> Austin Reeves is ours, though, right? Like it feels he's been like on the Austin... team for one year, and thanks to this wonderful second round, you know pattern we have he's gonna be a free agent at the end of the season restricted but you know still a free agent yeah last really quick thing and i know we've done a lot on stanley but uh, like uh, my only point with that is like even if he does whether he's waived or not isn't the point it's just like we did the hard part not we as in us but like we do the hard work right you find him in the g league he comes up he he becomes a rotation player he finds his niche i'm i'm saying things that alex caruso went through the exact same thing and then he goes to it and then chicago reaps all the benefits of that utah may or may not reap the benefits of that it's just like it's the process over the actual result of stanley johnson again but i hope la kid you know i hope he i hope he um i hope he pans out but uh yeah this is yeah uh, the lake like you said the lakers you know these these younger brothers of genie bus are doing the hard work <laughs> of scouting and evaluating talent and then the lakers are developing them and turning them <clears throat> you know, I wouldn't say immediately into capable role players, but like they're getting them on the track to contribute to real teams. And we see that happening across the league, all of these former Lakers who are real contributors on good teams. Mm -hmm. And because of the way the Lakers are managing their team, they're not able to reap the rewards of any of that work. Right. And I just, I can't believe Jeannie Buss actually brought up Alex Cruz. And I was like, oh no, I'm not allowed to talk about him because he's not a freaking Laker anymore. Actually, her words were, let's talk about Austin Reeves, which, again, very similar to what we're doing. So, yeah. Let's see. Patrick Beverly just tweeted something. Uh, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly have already been in contact. That's what Mark Stein tweeted. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, Beverly just quote tweeted it saying this is how it works in L.A. It's always something. He's played in L.A. before. He should know. But I guess playing in L.A. for the Lakers is different than playing in L.A. for the Clippers. But yeah, Very I'm different. I'm interested to see how Patrick Beverly works. I think he's always been wildly overrated as a defensive player and underrated as an offensive player. Mm-hmm. But still a good player who always makes his teams better when he's on the court. And as he likes to point out, every full season that he's played, he's made the playoffs. So I hope that streak remains intact. People have compared him to like Caruso. I think if he's a better Avery Bradley, like I think that's you know that's the kind of way I'd like I'd see. And I think he's a better offensive player than Avery Bradley is, like with ball handling, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And he can like attack off the dribble, has floaters and stuff. And uh, I think he's a more disciplined defender than Bradley is. Um, but I know he, he might be. I would not but... call Patrick Beverly a disciplined defender, but <laughs> okay. Like I, I know he's chaotic, but I feel like he can still fit in a scheme in that chaos. I guess. Sure. Um, 
I think uh, he is better than Avery Bradley on both ends of the floor. Okay. So to have that in your lineup is just is a great thing to have. Yeah. And definitely. Hopefully he's not playing next to Russell Westbrook. <laughs> I would love nothing more than in two weeks to just look back at this interview and confirm that Jeannie Bus was lying to us. But it, for the moment, that's just my suspicion. Oh, he said, we excited and we hungry. Watch us work. That's yeah. what uh, Patrick Beverly tweeted. So, um, yeah, I guess he confirms the report that he has Russell Westbrook's number and they've. I'm uh... sure he's had Russell Westbrook's number for a much longer time. Than this. <laughs> anyway, Raj, anything you wanted to close with or. I hope uh, I hope THG and Stanley well, uh, but yeah, <laughs> Patrick Beverly, welcome. Uh, I think he's an actual rotation piece, and that should be that should be the story. Yeah, hopefully there are more rotation pieces to come LA's way in you know the next couple weeks, uh, so that I don't have to spend all my time thinking about Bronny and Bryce James joining the Lakers in future years. <laughs> Which, if you haven't read the Sports Illustrated piece by Chris Ballard about LeBron being a father to these two incredible basketball prospects, uh, I would highly recommend it. It's a really interesting read just about like fatherhood and family and. LeBron keeping an eye on all of the teams in the NBA that have first round picks that could potentially select his sons <laughs> in the upcoming years. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see in 2024. I think LeBron's has a player option. So um, yeah, whoever drafts Bronny or Bryce, get ready for LeBron James to join you, I guess on the minimum Emily. I'm not really sure. LeBron doesn't take discounts. Right. He is the <laughs> highest paid player in NBA history. Most mm-hmm. collective earnings. I, I don't think you get there by taking discounts. <laughs> That's anyway, fair. Yeah. This has been I Love Basketball and like, you know, the Genie West Comedy Hour or something like that. I don't know. Um, make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network for shows about the Lakers every day of the week. And Raj and I will actually be back next Tuesday. Talk to you then.